The legends are true. But overwhelming power! The sauce of destiny. Yes! The most legendary sauce has arrived as McDonald's transforms into the anime world of Wickdonald's. The greatest flavors unite in all new savory chili McDonald's sauce to make your 10-piece Nuggets, fries, and Sprite ultra-powerful. Unlock manga comics with every meal and sit down for a new anime short every week only at Wickdonald's. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba, go! And participate in McDonald's for a limited time while supplies last. At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place by working more efficiently, by using more sustainable practices, by developing better technologies. We keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com purpose. Parker, engineering your success. Hey IDP Army, ever think about making your own podcast? Let me tell you about Anchor. It's free. There's creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. Anchor will distribute your podcast for you so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and many more. And you can make some money with your podcast too with no minimum listenership. It's got everything that you need to make a podcast all in one place. So what are you waiting for IDP Army? Download the free Anchor app and go to anchor.fm to get started today. What is up, IDP Army? Welcome back to the channel, to the podcast, the IDP Army Podcast. It's your man, Jordan Reigns, at 50 Shades of Drunk, if you are on Twitter. Make sure you like and subscribe this. Hit the up, uh, you know, the, the, the thumbs up button, all that good stuff. I'm so excited for you guys today. I'm kind of tripping over my words because I got an awesome guest here behind the scenes. He's about to join me. The man, the myth, the legend. You probably know him from Dynasty Theory, FF Confidential. Super fun guy, super funny guy. I'm bringing in John Bauer today, and we are going to talk 2021 Dynasty Quarterback Theory. John, what's up? What's going on, Jordan? I'm excited. You had me stuck behind the scenes there. I was getting ready. I was like, come on, pull me up on the screen. Let's go. I want to talk some quarterbacks. I'm, I'm, you know, when you first reached out to me, everybody knows you as the IDP guy. You know, I'm in a few different group chats, and I said I was going to be on with you tonight, and somebody jumped in. That's the IDP guy. And I was like, Thank God we're not talking about IDP tonight because it is like a foreign language for me. Yeah, well, I mean, it doesn't have to be. You know, I, I got the Rosetta Stone over here. Just let me know. <laughs> we can get you sorted out real quick. And tell tell everybody else that too. All you other IDP are up fantasy content creators. Let's let's get you all in some IDP. Speaking of which, quickly before we jump in, I do want to say go check out my most recent article on Dynasty Nerds. Talk about Tracy Walker, Tremaine Edmonds. Um, who else did I mention? There's a couple other guys, four or five guys that are probably Dynasty buys for y'all. Definitely want to plug that. Go check that out. Put a lot of work into it. The narratives around those guys may not match up to what actually happened. So go check that out. Uh, but, John, thank you so much for coming on. I'm excited. Hopefully we can get you in an IDP league sometime this year. But if not, that's totally fine because we love you anyway. Um, let's talk about Zach Wilson. First and foremost, I, I don't um, you know, we're going to do a little preview of some of the rookies. Then we're going to talk some, you know, rankings. Everybody wants to see our numbers and our list. So we'll get to that. But Zach Wilson's a guy that I keep hearing about the buzz you know it's kind of i mean he seems like he shot up draft boards can you just tell me about zach wilson this year 
So here's the thing with Zach Wilson. He had some injuries in college and coming into this last season, he wasn't even the known starter yet. And some of that came back to the injury history, but he was competing for that spot. So like you said, he shot up people's draft boards. A lot of the reason was just because we didn't know who was going to be their quarterback this year. So with Zach Wilson, he had a tremendous 2020 season, like absolutely fantastic. And the big thing with him, he's shooting up fantasy rankings and rookie draft boards because of the hype he's getting within the NFL. And people are talking about him as the number two quarterback. And I feel like he comes across as being that prototypical quarterback that GMs and scouts like, you know, he, he's not, is he mobile? Yes. But just he, they talk about his arm talent and, you know, I, I think that's the big thing. He's going to rise up NFL draft boards. And because of that, he's been rising up the fantasy draft boards as well. Yes. I mean, today, you know, you know, point case in point, Chris Sims QB um, has Zach Wilson as his number one quarterback ahead of Trevor Lawrence. I mean, every group chat that I'm in exploded today when that happened. But, and, but the sentiment is, is kind of a one of, of pause where they're like, okay, we recognize who Chris Sims is and we, we respect his opinion. So there is, you know, he seems to even be more since even when we put these notes together just today, it seems like there seems to be more firepower for Zach Wilson. And it reminds me of Patrick Mahomes because the year Patrick Mahomes hang out, you know, he wasn't even the first quarterback taken. But what I remember about that year was one, the Golden State Warriors were really good. And two, I remember driving around a lot and hearing the, the Mahomes hype. It, I remember listening on the radio when he was still a day two pick. Like, I remember that was where people were mocking him. And then it was slowly the rumbling started happening. And I feel like we're getting a mirror image of that with Zach Wilson. Am I crazy? Like, is he going to be a top five pick? Like, what are we what are we looking at here? Top five NFL pick? Absolutely. Uh, well, yeah. Oh, yeah. Without a doubt. I And it's just, I, again, I think a lot of people within the actual NFL community, it's a player they really like. And on one hand, I want to say, well, we haven't seen much from him, right? Mm -hmm. We really only saw the one big season, the competition. That's a little bit of a concern for me. But when we move along here tonight and I bring up Trey Lance, it's going to come across as a little hypocritical because I love Trey Lance. Mm -hmm. Yeah. But he's again, that, he's one season, competition. So I, you kind of have to throw those out for both unless you're going to knock both of them, which I'm not. And I'm not necessarily knocking Zach Wilson. Mm -hmm. But when you say that people like Chris Sims have him over Trevor Lawrence, I feel like it's a situation where Trevor Lawrence was so good, so young, and people are kind of getting bored with him. And we want to get to the point now that we're talking about some new guys. And I know we're sticking with quarterbacks here, but it's almost like what's happening with Travis Etienne. He was so good for so long. It's such a young age. And now out of nowhere, you have Javante Williams coming along and oh, Javante Williams is better than Travis Etienne. I feel like as a fantasy community, we get so bored with players and then we want to start spitting out these hot takes and we want to start getting these clicks and we want to get the traction mm -hmm. and it's okay to be chalky a little bit. And as we get to our rankings, Trevor Lawrence, he's still my guy at number one. Yeah. Well, for, for, just to continue with that thread there, you know, where maybe we're getting a little bored with Trevor Lawrence. My buddy and I, we talk about this a lot at work. Herbert 
everybody's kind of like was taken aback that Herbert was so good this last year. But mm -hmm. my buddy and I remember two years ago, he was supposed to be, he was the man. Like he was the number one overall pick. He was, a, he was all the comps that you heard about Joe Burrow. I mean, all the, you know, every year the number one guy is the next, I mean, he's it. Joe, Justin Herbert was that two years ago, but then last year, for whatever reason, he went back to Oregon and wasn't as prolific. We just kind of got bored with the idea, just kind of like we got bored with the idea of Tua being number one. Like at various yep. times, there were different guys. So it's it's interesting to see the ebb and flow as new information comes in. Uh, you know, people like Chris Sims with, you know, a, a bit of sway in the community put things out. I'm interested to see how this continues to shake out. But let, let's move on a little bit to the next guy I want to talk to you about. Mac Jones. Um, I recently was doing a dynasty mock draft. Two quarterback IDP was included. Super flex, super flex, not two quarterback with dynasty nerds. I was able to get Mac Jones. I believe it was a third round of this mock, and I felt like that was a great value in the third for super flex, um, and especially because I did a little contrarian pick on the 102, and I went Najee Harris, and I was like, you know what, I'm still going to get a quarterback in this draft that I like because. I'm a little bit of a contrarian person. And so I just did that, but I got Mac Jones and I felt very vindicated when I left that draft with Najee Harris. I think I took Kenneth Gainwell, which looking back, oh. I would not do that. But oh, then I, like I also, Gainwell. I like okay, well, I got Mac Jones too. So it was my first three picks. I could have taken fields with that second pick, but I know with Harris and Jones, I, I don't know. I don't, I don't hate it, but um, what, what are your thoughts on Mac Jones? Where should he be drafted this year? Because I feel like the third was criminally low just based on what I know about, uh, you know, Superflex theory in general. But what are your thoughts? Well, I was going to say, as you said, you got Mac Jones in the third. That is absolute theft. You, you know, you should have been locked up on the spot there, Jordan, because there is no reason he should even be slipping to the middle of the second in Superflex drafts. And every year this happens, right? We have a guy, Josh Allen. Herbert. Herbert. Herbert was still going end of the first, but still. <laughs> but but here's the thing, John. He was for us in our world, in the real world. I got two hundred dollar buy-in leagues where Herbert went near the end of the second. Super wow. flex. Okay. okay. That's so that's the real world. We're not talking about Twitter. We're not talking about every we're not talking about all our people. We're talking about the people. So I'm saying, you know, it happens every year. It does. Uh yeah, but Josh Allen, Herbert, Daniel Jones. Uh, you know, and this year it's Mac Jones. If Mac Jones goes in the first round of the NFL draft, which he should, Lamar Jackson, Lamar Jackson. So I had to throw another one in there. Right, right. History tells us that he is going to get an opportunity. The only one we really haven't seen yet over the last few years is Jordan Love, and I think eventually, you know, that was just a crazy situation. I don't. Yeah, it's bizarre. Nobody knows what was going on there. But Mac Jones, we still don't. <laughs> no, no, I don't think the Packers do. Thirteen and three, though. So I mean, whatever. <laughs> I know. So for Mac Jones, two hundred one, two hundred two, two hundred three. That's where I have him slated in Superflex rookie drafts. And the big thing with him also, he had one good season, and he, he did it at a, a later age than some of these other guys. But it was one of the most efficient seasons we've seen. But then, hey, he's in an Alabama system. Look at the weapons around him. Mm -hmm. He's not exactly mobile, which is going to knock him down several pegs for people because in today's game, the way it's changing, is that really going to be – is he going to be able to sustain success without being really able to move? Whereas Trevor Lawrence, Zach Wilson, they're able to move. Justin mm -hmm. Fields, Trey Lance, they can really move. So the four of them, they're in a different category when you look at Mac Jones. But I, I do think he's going to be a bargain. 
And you made a really good point. We are so trapped and locked in this Twitter bubble in this mm-hmm. dynasty bubble. And it overall top to bottom, most people that come across my timeline, really intelligent group. And you go into the real world, like you mentioned, mm-hmm. they might not even know who Mac Jones is. Mm-hmm. You know, and, and that that's something we really have to think about. So if you're listening to this and you're taking part in your very first super flex rookie draft or two quarterback rookie draft, do not let Mac Jones slip to Jordan in the third round in an actual <laughs> draft. Don't do it. Don't do it. Yeah, especially if he gets that first round capital. Again, this is really early, you know, and maybe, you know, it's one of those maybe fell through the cracks and people just, you know, they have their guys, you know, especially in the wide receiver running back world. I mean, we all got our guys. So you get excited when he's still there. You see him creeping up and you kind of forget. But that happens in real drafts, too, which is why I wanted to bring it up. I think it's important to know that if you don't get the top guys or if you do decide to zag or zig a little when everybody zags, there's hope because some mistakes happen all the time in drafts. We're actually going to talk later about some of our uh, bad trades that we've done. So let you guys, you know, see the human. I've got a bad one. I mean, I don't even want to talk about it, but it's going to be bad. So we'll, I'm going we'll to tell, to- tell you right now, Jordan, I'm going to beat you on that one. I don't know, man. You, 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 <laughs> well, I'm excited about this. All right. Part uh, the last thing I want to talk about narrative wise and quarterbacks is there, I feel like we're kind of retconning the Josh Allen narrative a little bit. And especially the people that did not believe because we all believe now, but I remember a year ago when that the group of believers was very small and the group of doubters was very big, but for some reason, because then this is the narrative that most people use. Well, I didn't see the otherworldly leap forward. He was going to make, but then we, they, everyone kind of pulls into that. So everybody's on Josh Allen now and he's like the number two quarterback, but I'm like, if you really, if you, the talent's always been there, I mean, you look at what he did with Zay Jones and that other guy. Um, I don't even remember his name. Uh, Foster, Robert Foster. Exactly. Was that was his rookie year. Look at what he did then. Then look at what he did with Cole Beasley and uh, John Brown. They both had their two best seasons this year, sure. They actually had their first best seasons the year before with Josh Allen, too. So it was like the writing was on the wall. So many people were not into him. I feel like the narrative around him has been retconned a little bit. What are your thoughts about that? And will we be retconning the narrative of players like Jameis Winston in the future, Marcus Mariota in the future, even Russell Wilson right now, the narrative around him is one of maybe he's a low end quarterback one, but when you can lock in known quarterback one production, doesn't that kind of just make you a default high end quarterback one in my mind. But again, just asking, what do you think about the retconning of the narrative? Do you believe that's kind of happening? And do you see that happening with a player like Jameis Winston in the future, Marcus Mariota in the future? Um, so that their story is just different than what it originally was. It's absolutely true for Josh Allen, and you hit the nail on the head. Anybody that doubted him, well, this was a historical improvement, right? Mm-hmm. We've never seen anything like it. You see a tweet every other day, who is the next Josh Allen? We might not have another Josh Allen when you look at that vast improvement that we've never seen before. He went from, what, like a 55% completion percentage his rookie year to like 60 or 58 more than and then this last year with Stefan Diggs, John Brown, Cole Beasley, Gabriel Davis off the charts. Just a fantastic season. Now I do want to say Jordan, I've had some bad takes in my in my day. But Same. if you go on my Twitter timeline and you check my receipts coming into his rookie year, I was in on Josh Allen. I and love it. A lot of it had to do with the value. 
where he was going in rookie drafts, kind of like what we talked about with Mac Jones. But I'm at about 40% roster ship across all my dynasty leagues with Josh Allen. And it's and not I'm, even close to enough. No, it's not. I want it to be 100% now. I but know. It is. I'm reaping the benefits. But yeah, there are players. You know, the list that you brought up, Jameis Winston, it, it could be a perfect example. For fantasy purposes, he has been, he was excellent. You know, now you get into leagues where it's like minus four for interceptions, eh, 30 yeah. of those that's going to hurt a little bit. That's not many leagues, though. Right, right. But so Jameis Winston, Marcus Mariota, everybody's looking for that next Ryan Tannehill. And it's just funny because Ryan Tannehill took over from Marcus Mariota. So what better, you know, uh, full circle story than for it to be Marcus Mariota? You know, maybe a player like Andy Dalton, who's been average, who hasn't really done you know, as much as people would have liked, maybe he gets a shot somewhere else. But yeah, there's certainly going to be players that were faded by the fantasy community. They might bust out. Oh, well, you know, we, we can ignore that one being wrong because it was such a historical turnaround. Yeah, and, I it almost, ties, and it ties in exactly to what you said with Josh Allen. I hate it because he it's like, oh, he was too good. Like, so I can't call you out on your crap. Because I, I almost wish he would have like increased like less, but like that's not what I wanted. Like I wanted this, but at the same time, it like it almost gives people an out. So it makes me sad. If you if anyone gives it ish, you can go back on this channel. I think it was around Christmas time last year, so like four hundred days ago. I very quietly and to the chagrin of my previous co-host compared Josh Allen to Patrick Mahomes, and I got reamed for it. And I was like, man, that throw. And I was like, look. If you just watch him play, <laughs> if you just take all the everything you've ever heard about him away and you watch this man play, he does things that only Patrick Mahomes can do on the field. I said that. It's it's somewhere out there. I'm not gonna go find it, but you can if you want. And I remember oh, please, like you know exactly what episode I don't, I have you, you know the minute mark. <laughs> I wish. Believe me, if I did, I would be blasting on my time like 24-7. But every yeah. everybody wants that that confirmation bias, and you know. Oh, he he had a bad game, and you know people were waiting to jump out because it confirms their preconceived notions. So if I thought he was bad before he was, you know, uh, his rookie season, I'm going to stick with that. People have such trouble changing their minds whenever new information presents itself, and there's nothing wrong with that. You know, there are some people you might. Oh, well, you flipped and flopped on this player. Yes, because things changed, and that's okay. You don't have to be so stubborn and stuck Mm -hmm. on that player and that take. And Josh Allen is just like the perfect example. So when I saw him in the show notes, I was like, that's perfect. Yeah, I love me. I mean, we could sit here and talk about Josh Allen all day. He's on the thumbnail if you're on Twitter, and that's by design. So, all right, let's get to the main event. That was just the narratives, y'all. We're actually going to start talking about some fantasy football, some theory for 2021. Again, John, thanks for coming on. So I wrote up a list of some questions for John, kind of what I had questions. Just, you know, every year fantasy changes. The formats change, the narratives change, the information. Like you said, John, we get new information every year on the trends of how the league is going, et cetera. And thus we take that information, we digest it, we curate it, and we look at it and we say, okay, how does this affect the next season in fantasy football? And so, I, you know, this year I've listened several, a prominent member of the fantasy community, J.J. Zacharyson, you know, the late round quarterback. One of the J.J. Very, is fantastic, fantastic. Yeah, one of the very first episodes of the offseason he had was maybe it's time to consider the mid-round quarterback. He said, you know, with the way that running quarterbacks are giving you an edge and there's not, there's more of them, but they're also very important. So the people that are getting them are giving themselves an edge. So he's evolving in real time based on what he's seeing 
strategy. And he generally talks about single quarterback leagues. You know, he's talking eighth round, maybe seventh round to get your quarterback instead of like the last round. So you being the super flex man and the one of the OG, you know, table pounder, super flex man, I'm asking you, how are you approaching the quarterback position this offseason in, in super flex format? Has it changed based on just the league writ large and what you're seeing in fantasy? Really quick off the point you made about J.J. Zacharyson and, and what he talked about earlier in the offseason. Recently, I, I went back and looked at 2016, 17, 18, 19, and 20. And I wanted to see the scoring differences between like the top three, the top 12, and then 13 through 24 each year. And what I saw was a bigger gap between the top 12 and like 19 through 24. And what is the clear separator there? It's quarterbacks that can run the ball. And that is the big difference. And we're seeing it over time. More and more of these mobile quarterbacks are coming into the league. And like we both talked about, the league is changing. And when the league changes, we have to be able to adjust as fantasy managers, as dynasty managers. So for me, there are and I have my tier ranking. So it's not specifically one, two, three, four, but it's okay. These three guys together, these two guys together and so on and so forth. Mm-hmm. For me, quarterback position, there are 10 quarterbacks. I, I need one of them. Ideally, when I leave every super flex startup, you know, there's always at least one of them. Mm-hmm. And the way things are going now, I've taken part in three startups already this off season, one end of December. So Fresh out of the gate, fantasy season's over. How has how values and opinions changed from the previous season? And then I did one about two weeks ago and one now. What I'm seeing is quarterbacks are flying off the board faster than we've ever seen in Superflex startups. The current one I'm in, Jordan, you're sitting down, so this is great. I got Christian McCaffrey at 109. That is not a joke. I'll I'll share that uh, screenshot with you later. The first eight picks were quarterbacks, and Ooh. that is how the the position is changing. Now, when we go and do startups later in the off season, is it going to be a little bit different? I think so, and it's because right now, how many teams can you look at and say, okay, I'm a hundred percent confident this is their starting quarterback in 2021? I don't know if we've ever seen a situation where. Maybe there's 10 right now that we really don't know. And then certainly beyond 2021, the question marks were even larger. So for me, like I said, I want one of those top 10 quarterbacks. And I think that something that's going to be troubling for people is when they have the approach quarterback early and often. Early, yes for me. Often, which I've done in the past, it can work if you select the right quarterbacks because then you can flip them. They Mm -hmm. But with the way the quarterback position is changing and evidently and apparently the shorter leash that these players might have, I mean, Carson Wentz was a top 12 dynasty quarterback last offseason, mm-hmm. less than one year ago. And now people want nothing to do with him. That's how quickly things change now. So I, I think if you go quarterback often, you're forcing the issue and you're going into that that area of quarterbacks and in your rankings where there's a lot of question marks. And once you get out of that top 10, certainly, but you know, as your quarterback too, I want one of those top 16, 17, 18. Mm-hmm. Once you get out of there, it's no man's land. And All bets off. That is my concern. And you can say that for a lot of positions, but for the quarterback position where we all think, 
oh, this is such a, it's a position where they're going to have their job five years, 10 years. You know, that's somebody that I'm going to have forever. Not in today's game. This isn't a, uh, you know, somebody put a comparison out there and I forget who it is. And I wish I could give them credit, but they talked about Phillip rivers. And if he was a quarterback starting today, would he have that 18 year career? Hmm. Probably not because the game has changed. And again, fantasy managers, we have to change with it. So I want those quarterbacks early. And ideally, if I'm in a super flex startup, I I want to leave with three quarterbacks, three starting quarterbacks. But again, that's going to be dependent on my league mates and how they draft as well. So nice, nice. All right. So let's talk about who you're paying for. So you're in that top 10 who are you who are you willing to pay up for? Let's say you miss the first, like who's your number five quarterback? Like who's your fifth quarterback and who's your tenth quarterback? So I don't we don't have to give away any sort of you know premium content or whatever, but like let's give us give us a shotgun idea here. So if we're talking about let me see here. And I'm assuming you're willing to take both of these players in the first round. Uh so the first part, like it's so tough because you look at your your top five quarterbacks and I, I, Mahomes is going to be everybody's quarterback one. Mm-hmm. And I don't think there's much question there. Like you said, Josh Allen, most people's quarterback too. For me, a guy that I'm going to pay up for, it's Justin Herbert. And you mentioned him earlier. I just I think we saw enough last year and the you know, Austin Eckler in the backfield, Keenan Allen there. I, I just think... Things might be changing there. They're bringing in the new coaching staff. Could there be some continuity issues and some chemistry issues off the bat? Maybe. But I think Justin Herbert, he's a guy that I want on a lot of my teams. And if I have to reach for him a little bit, I'm willing to pay up for him. Love that. Love that. I currently have uh, Herbert as my quarterback six. I have uh, Lamar Jackson at QB seven, just for reference. I'm a little lower than most people on Jackson. Just because I don't, you know, his upside is going to be capped unless he can get his his arm figured out. I mean, if you're throwing 2,000, 2,500 yards, I mean, I don't care how many rushing yards you get. If you don't get the touchdowns, we're in big trouble. So he's a little bit lower. I would rather have a guy like Justin Herbert who blew the doors off of it in a really weird COVID year. Remember last year when every rookie was going to suck so bad? And I was All summer Jordan, long. Jordan, Jordan, I was guilty of it, man. And I had a chance yeah. to talk with. Mike Clay, uh, you know, shameless plug. Do it. And he, he was one of the first people that really hit me with this. He's like, you don't think defenses are going to struggle? Why, why is it only affecting rookies? Why is it only affecting offenses? And we saw that in a year where uh, quarterbacks thrived and we saw record-breaking numbers. And that's the big thing, too. I want to backtrack just a second because I wanted to bring this up. So I want to take quarterbacks early in startups it has nothing to do with the points they score. Absolutely nothing. What it comes down to for me is the cost to acquire that quarterback after the startup. Mm-hmm. In most leagues I'm in, if you want to get a top 10 quarterback, you better be willing to give up an arm and a leg because you're getting that quarterback for nothing less than that. Yeah. I don't know who would want my arm and leg. Probably somebody I don't really want to be in a league with. But if that's the price, you know, sometimes you got to pay it. Yeah. And that's the thing. Quarterbacks like the this is my thing with the draft. The draft is the only time that you get to pick whoever you want. The only after that, people are like, oh, just trade for a player. I'm in league with guys that don't do trades. Yep. I'm in league with guys that don't do trades with me. You know what I mean? 
And it's just like the only time sometimes you have a chance to put a certain player on your roster is in that moment. So well, they're not big... they're not trading with you because you're getting Mac Jones in the third. They they know what you're up to. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, that's the thing. If they're if I'm trying to get them, they get all worried. You know, I'm like, yeah, you better be scared. But I mean, again, when you hear this trade later, you all think I'm crazy. So um, let's see. What is the next question here? That, that was that was a good bit. I love that part right there. You know, paying up in drafts. I love paying up for Herbert. You know, my sneaky move right now in startups is I, if I can get in, the, you know, in that eight, nine, 10 spot, if I'm in like seven or eight, I'm like, I'm fine with Watson or Dak. And if I think I'll get one of them later, I'll trade back a couple spots and get like a, you know, a seven or an eight or something like that. I've, and I don't do trades, but I've done, I've, I've pulled that off once this year. It was Watson or Dak. And I was like, I'm going to get one of them. So I moved back and I ended up, I think I got Dak and I still love Dak. He's cheap as hell right now. Right now. And it, this ties into that. He's my quarterback six and Too I have, well, just Jordan, just listen, just listen, man. So I have him. It, it's in a tier with um, it's Lamar, Dak, Kyler, Trevor Lawrence, and Russ. I have those guys tiered together, but I am going to be bumping Dak up. I, I want to see that contract. I want to see him stay in Dallas. Jerry needs to get the checkbook out, pay that man his money, and keep him in Dallas. Now, if he secures that, he's going to go up a tier to that that three through four area. Oh, you know, yeah. and, and Kyler will will get moved back a little bit. But right now, I, I have Dak at six, and it, it's only because of the contract. But I love Dak. Love him. Once he gets that money, it's all bets are off. Yeah. If you look, if you go back and look at points per game from last season, I mean, if you count Dak for the few weeks he was in, I mean, he was like points ahead of number two, not like a point points per game. I think people forget. I mean, we're talking like 400 yards, scorching earth, four touchdowns. And he was running. I mean, he's pounding the rock in there and Zeke wasn't doing shit. So, yep. And I said, I said this last year, I'm really glad you brought that up. Whenever Saquon Barkley got injured, yeah, it, it, it stunk for, for his fantasy managers, of course. But in Superflex leagues, when Dak Prescott got injured, it flipped leagues upside down. Teams that had him were four and, you know, whatever week it was, four mm-hmm. and oh, four and one, whatever it was. But Dak's injury was the biggest game changer oh, yeah. across the landscape in Superflex and two quarterback leagues. The Barkley injury was bad for fantasy mm-hmm. managers, but the DAC one was yeah. crippling, especially if you didn't have quarterback depth. Barkley was so early too. Dak gave you yep. Dak gave you wins. Barkley didn't give you any, I think Barkley gave us what 14 PPR points this year. Yeah. I know because I traded for a massive trade, got him, put him on my team. I'm looking good. Goes down. And I'm like, uh-uh, this season is not a wash. So I got him out of there quick. I was like, somebody else can take this. So I don't remember what I got back exactly, but I've only managed uh, Barkley once and it was for two weeks and it was not great. So I'll never do it again. Would not recommend. <laughs> All right. So who are you stashing and who are you unloading this off season? But when I look at stashes, I'm, I'm looking lower end guys, you know, I'm going to, I'm going to stash Mahomes. That's groundbreaking <laughs> information. No. So it, it's, it's lower end guys that you can get for dirt cheap in your startups or uh, in trades in existing leagues. But that could potentially see a changing situation that could land uh, maybe not a starting spot right away, but be a premier backup and get an opportunity somewhere if the starter were to struggle. And when you stash these guys because of their dirt cheap price, 
they really just have to be a starter for one week and you can capitalize and get a profit. Thank and you. Yes. Look at players like Taylor uh, Heineke, uh, Andy Ky- Dalton, Ky- Kyle, Kyle Allen, Andy Dalton. So many of these guys. I made the get- playoffs with Dalton. Thanks yeah. to Dalton. Thanks to Dalton. He literally, he had some bad weeks, but he had one really good week and I won a match because of him. I was like, hell yeah. But even if you don't use them and they, they don't get you wins, let's say you, you, pay the equivalent of a fourth round pick for Dalton today. You know, I'm just saying a price. Mm -hmm. Maybe you can flip him for a early third. If he, if he starts somewhere for just one week, just a spot start. Um, But for me, it's Dalton, Marcus Mariota, Fitzpatrick and Jacoby Brissett. They're all guys that, you know, Dalton Fitzpatrick and Brissett, their contracts expired. We don't know where they're going to go. Are they going to land a starting job again? Probably not at day one, but, what happens if I, I don't know? I'm just Fitzpatrick goes to the New York Giants. Daniel Jones struggles, and Fitzpatrick gets thrown in again. Fitzpatrick, he's not going to fetch you a lot out in the open market, but you can flip him, or you can use him and ride him to a, to a few victories if he, he starts. Uh, exactly. Marcus Marcus Mariota, he still has one year left, but they're talking about potentially trading him, and we did see that glimmer of hope there. He came in for Derek Carr. Uh, for for the one game there in 2020, and we saw a little bit of something from him. So those are guys that I'm stashing. Uh, Jameis Winston too, you know. But I, I think so many people now, oh, go buy Jameis Winston. Go buy. So we can still do it, but it's 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 the people who have him probably bought him like last week. That's kind of where we're right, at. Right, right, right. <laughs> That's what I'm finding. Like I I have him in a lot of spots, and the spots I don't have him it's just because he's pretty much already unacquirable because the person who has him is like, like thinking like me. And I know that because I play with them. So exactly. And the point that you would have to cross that threshold to acquire him to make it worth them giving it up. It's, you know what I mean? Like, and you're still taking all the risk, but I mean, they're still going to get the guarantee back. So, and I still, I think he's close to a guaranteed thing though. I feel like, like he's just, I, I think he's fun to watch too. I he's he, just a effort kind of attitude. He, you know, he's thirty not, touchdowns, thirty interceptions. I think it's great to watch. I think he's I think he's massively underrated. I think he gets and I think once you know, look at he is the, the interceptions. Everyone's talking. Didn't Tom Brady have like seventeen interceptions this year? I mean, it was a lot. I mean, come on, anybody in that system does that. Winston was already prone to it. Anyway, I won't get into my Jameis Winston soapbox <laughs> right now, but I love him as if you can get him still as a stash or a throw along, you should be acquiring him because even if he isn't the Saints' next quarterback, like you just said, Heineke, Robert Griffin, Andy Dalton, these guys started this year. Blaine Gabbert, Jameis Winston started a game, didn't he? Or he almost did. So I mean, just when you think about the value of a win in season. It's week eight, and I've got to win. And Dak or Dak does go down, and you're looking at Mitchell Trubisky, and you're just like, what is the value of that fourth to just go get a guy who I feel better about? You know what I mean? And you think about, okay, in July, I spent that fourth, and I just happen to have Winston now. And it happens to be, I mean, you know, or look at what happened with uh, uh, Drew Locke. You know, I mean, there's a few weeks where he – Sure, he wasn't great for an every week play, but sometimes when things get rough, you can put these guys in, and it's just having them. If you can manufacture a W off of the back of a fourth-round pick, even if the guy only plays two games a season, if he's in your starting lineup those two games and he helps you win, 
what's that fourth round pick really worth? You know, so I'm a big proponent of what I call picks over point or points over picks. I know a lot of people, especially this time of the year, it's very pick oriented. It's all, you know, pontificating the value of these players. Give me the points of a, give me real equity. Give me something that's happened, a player that's actually achieved something. And I will give you hope. And whether that hope pans out, you'll find out and we'll find out. And if it doesn't, and you get stuck with Brian Edwards or Jalen Rager or Henry Ruggs, like I'm stuck with, you right. know, then I can laugh at you instead of cry. Oh, <laughs> uh, it's like me crying with Keyshawn Vaughn. Oh my God. I know, man. Give me the points. Forget uh, the picks. Okay, let's just bust it out. It's a little early, but I want to talk about speaking of points over picks, I want to talk about my terrible trade from last year. The um this is gonna you're probably gonna cry. This is so sad. And I, I, as the Josh Allen apologist, this is, I can't believe I'm going to share this with the world, but last April 24th, I traded in a super flex IDP league, full IDP. I traded Josh Allen, Royce Freeman, again, April 24th, note the date. Okay. That's how desperate, that's how thirsty I was. All right. I gave Josh Allen, Royce Freeman, Montez Sweat, who people know if they follow my channel, I love Montez Sweat, a third, a fourth and a fifth. And I got Darius Geis, a second, and a first. That's how pick thirsty I was. And that's the that's the worst trade I've ever made in fantasy. Looking back on it, and that pick ended up being Cam Akers. So it did almost nothing for me this year. I had Mahomes on this team with 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 a Josh Allen. I would have basically been a shoe-in for the championship, but because the fever pitch of the rookies. And I watched, and it was literally, and of course I picked Cam Akers. Why? Because the week leading up to the draft, he was the guy that was catching the most hype because we'd already hyped up everybody else. Mm -hmm. And so I was just like, oh my gosh, like this is it. I can get Akers if I can get this fourth or whatever. And I did not want to trade Josh Allen. I didn't, but I did. That's how how drunk I was on that pick, on, on the pick value, the rookie fever. Don't make that mistake. That's my worst trade ever. John, can you top it? Well, told you okay. it was bad. <laughs> now, so you, the prompt here was the worst trade I made in 2020. So okay. that's that's how I'm going to approach this. And that was 2020 for me too. So this it was right after the Dak injury, and we just talked about the Dak injury. I had a team that was a contender. I don't know the exact date, but it was after we saw a nice little stretch and solid sample size from Cam Newton. I, I it, it wasn't I remember Cam, it wasn't Dak for Cam straight, but I, I made a trade and I even said I, after I make trades just for the heck of it, I like to throw the poll on Twitter, you know, j- just to see what happens. But this is after the trade was made and I posted the poll and I said, I'm going to regret this in two years. But little did I know I regretted it much sooner than that. I traded Dak Prescott as a contender. For Cam Newton, Todd Gurley, and Leonard Fournette. And I, I wasn't thrilled at the time, but again, I, I just like you were, you had uh, the, the rookie fever and mm-hmm. you wanted those picks. I saw that championship, Jordan. Dude, I, I saw that it. prize money. And I thought, yeah, the, the three of these guys, it's gonna, it's gonna hurt me in the long run. And I said two years. I was hurting in two weeks, man. I it know. was, oh my God. Cam so Newton. that former I, MVP. Yes. It, I'm not even a cam guy, but w- the stretch we saw 
And, you know, Todd Gurley, he was being productive. Leonard Fournette, eventually he did take over that backfield this season, but a little too late. I, I wish I could remember how that league played out, but if it's based on that trade alone, I didn't make the playoffs. So I'm going to go back and look and let you know afterwards. Oh, that's pretty close to as bad as mine. I'll, I'll give you that because looking at Dak now, I'm sure you'll look at that league and you see him on that team. And then you look at your team and you're like, oh, there's Leonard Fournette. And I mean, what is Cam Newton worth right now? <laughs> Uh, uh, what's your favorite type of chip? You know, like a, uh, <laughs> uh Blaze potato chips. I don't know. Flaming hot Cheetos. Let's do it. Yeah, there you go. All right. I got a few more. We got a few more questions here. We might not get through the whole show notes. Cause I know you got other stuff to do tonight. I appreciate again, you taking the time to talk to us quickly. I want to tell people before we move on, go check out the Patreon, patreon.com forward slash the IDP army. I'll be dropping my um, what's going to be called the Black IDP Army Blackwater Files. It's going to be 100 plus um, profiles over IDP players coming uh, into this next season. Basically, it's going to be rankings. It's going to be profiles. It's going to be scoring breakdowns. It's going to be contract information. There's going to be videos for individual players in there that you won't find on our channel or anywhere else. Um, so go sign up for the Patreon, the Black Ops tiers, where you're going to find that. And that is going to launch on April 1st. It also have a whole rookie package in there from my man, Bob Van, the IDP man over at Dynasty Rewind. So we're going to get you all hooked up for IDP this year in a real way. You can't This information you won't find anywhere else, I promise you that. So go check that out, sign up, get on the, the list, because that is going to be happening soon. So now let's talk about some rankings. This was uh, something I, th I thought about a little bit, and I was like, you know, we could just do top five, but I thought it would be fun to do top five quarterbacks and then top five quarterback twos. So who are the your top five guys, and then who are your top five guys to pair with your top five guys? So let's go ahead and just quickly run down the top five, and then I'll kind of talk you through my top. I'll run you down my top five just to compare notes real fast, and then we'll get to the top twos because the twos are going to be a lot more fun, I think, than the ones. So I mentioned this already, but Mahomes, Allen, Herbert, Lamar, and Kyler today. That's my top five for, uh, I, I think here for 2021, I haven't really put together my projections, but I mean, is it, is that going to be the top five? Probably not, but when no, no. Rankings from, a prob from a probability standpoint, that, that's how I can see it. Now for dynasty, it's going to be a little bit different. Mahomes, Allen, Herbert, Watson are my top four. And if you notice Watson, because of the big question mark here mm -hmm. in 2021, he's not my top five for 2021 only as of today. And then the tier right below them, Lamar, Dak, Kyler, Lawrence, Russ. So uh, I have a top four and then I have five guys lumped together, battling it out for that fifth spot. Nice. Nice. Yeah. I love that. I also have, I was going to ask about Watson, but then you did give the, uh, the caveat there for 2021 versus the dynasty. Um, yeah. Watson, even, you know, this year, the narrative again, you know, what, or, you know, he's going to lose his ex receiver. Uh, what's going to happen. I mean, just puts up a top five season. No big deal. Um, he's so good. He is. He so is. Good. It's un. I mean, like, and it's one of those things where, again, I feel like we're just, there's so many good quarterbacks in the league right now. Like, like, almost next level to where it hurts the guys in the middle. Cause even the guys in the middle now look so bad. I mean, like <laughs> if you call, if you call Derek Carr, the absolute middle, he fucking sucks. Like, so it's just like, it's just like this huge talent and ability discrepancy. Um, and it's just so much, it's highlighted so much more by guys like one, we still have Brady. So he's like, we still have the actual bar setter in the NFL. Then we got Patrick Mahomes, who seems to be the second guy. 
Josh Allen with the ascension. We just said we can't even say enough good things about Watson. Dak, we're talking, I mean, points per game above the next best guy last year. And then you're talking up, you know, we got Herbert blowing all the rookie stuff out of the water. Didn't even get that first week start. And you got Kyler Murray, who even through struggles seems to be uh, a proficient NFL uh, level quarterback to, you know, for, you know, for all the things that coming out size wise and is he really an NFL quarterback stuff? You know, I mean, he seems to have put all that, you know, to rest. So you see a lot of this influx of young talent. Um, I'm kind of going off the rails here a little bit. Well, let's talk about our top five uh, quarterback twos next. Let's go ahead and uh, quickly go through those. Who do you got as your, uh, what would that be? 13, 14, 15, 16, 17. So this is the next tier I have. Well, really quick. So I'm just, I, I went through my first couple tiers that went down to Russ mm-hmm. and then immediately after that wedged in between the quarterback ones and the quarterback twos, I have Burrow and Justin Fields. So they're going to be paired in there as their own tier. And then to start off the quarterback twos, Tua, Rogers, Tannehill, Baker, Stafford, Lance, and Zach Wilson. And that is not in any order. It is just, that's, the tier. A, tier, that's a tier for me. Um, so what I like to do when we talk about tier rankings is maneuvering within that tier. So Jordan, let's say you have Aaron Rodgers and I have Ryan Tannehill and you personally see Ryan Tannehill as more valuable than Aaron Rodgers. So you're willing to add something to him. Let's say it's a third, you know, something small, but because they're in the same tier for me, I'm willing to make that trade because I I value them similarly, but now you're adding something to it. And I think that's where you can gain small edges um oh yeah so so that's something i like to do and why i utilize tier rankings but then right under them for me it goes cousins hurts and wentz and you can see right there once you get into that middle quarterback two range question marks pop up and you you get the boring playing kirk cousins that nobody ever wants but always always seems to be like quarterback 10 11 12 I love Kirk Cousins. I am the I am a huge <laughs> Kirk Cousins fan. I was actually I wanted to bring him up. Um, he to me is the he's my number one target as a quarterback too, because he always finishes as a quarterback one, and it's just like nobody likes him. Like people, I don't. He's so. Here's the problem with Cousins. All right, I'm gonna get on my soapbox. Ugh, buckle up. <laughs> Early in this guy's career. I mean, we just saw the thing. What did they put out yesterday on the NFL Network? It was like, look at all these quarterbacks that threw for 5,000 yards. You know, Matthew Stafford. <sighs> Give me a break. Then you got uh, Drew Brees and a couple I love other Stafford. guys. Come on, yeah, I love everyone Stafford. loves Stafford. I get it. I don't want to hear it. Okay. So, um, but what we do, no one mentions that Kirk Cousins, his first year as a starter on the Washington Redskins with Pierre Garcon and Jamison Crowder and somebody else, I don't even know, and Matt Jones. This guy put up like, well, I think it was like 30 yards shy of 5K as a nobody. He was like a fourth round pick, whatever. He barely won out the starting job. And because he just barely missed that, he gets left out of that conversation. Now look back at his early career when he was in a lot of really close shootout games. He lost them all, but he was in so many close games. I was at the, one of the most amazing experiences of my whole life. I went down to the Saints. I hate the Saints. I went down with my buddy to see the Saints play, and they played the Redskins when they were still the Redskins against Kirk Cousins. He took them to overtime in the Dome. Okay, This was Alvin Kamara's rookie season. You may remember he scored three times. Cousins took them to overtime in the Dome 
in hostile territory, barely lost. Again, adding to this thing where he always almost loses. He almost always won all these games. He got his revenge, didn't he, last year in the playoffs. He went down there overtime. He got his win. He is good, and because he's barely lost so many important primetime games. There was a game he had against Aaron Rodgers three or four years ago. I mean, they were it was like dueling fiddles. It was just back and forth, bomb, bomb, bomb. But he lost, so he sucks. And it was just like there are very few people that can keep pace with these guys that Kirk Cousins doesn't just keep pace with. I mean, he gets these guys on their heels. He just has such a tr- hard time closing out games. And a lot of that isn't his fault. Looking at you Vikings, looking at you Redskins, okay? So – there we go. Kirk Cousins is my favorite quarterback, too, because you pay quarterback two price for him. You're going to get a quarterback one season out of him. He's got amazing weapons. He's super accurate. He's the guy who single-handedly reset the quarterback market, believing in himself as, again, what was it, a third or fourth round pick. He's had the almost 5,000 yards with garbage receivers. He's got Justin Jefferson, Adam Thielen. He's 32 years old. He's He's like the sneakiest, best, crappy quarterback in the NFL. And if he could run a little bit, it would be a different conversation. That's yep. the big thing here. And yep. He can scramble. He he got that. He got a dad run. He got the <laughs> dad run. Oh my gosh! When he gets to scoot into the sideline. <laughs> now I like cousins. I like him plenty. For me, it's just that question mark after twenty twenty one. What happens with him? And here's what's going to happen. Can I tell you? Let's hear he's it. He's going to go to the 49ers and he's going to be every and everybody's top five because he's going to be back with Shanny and he's going to have a defense and he's going to have weapons and he's going to be with the Niners, the faithful, and they're going to pump. It's going to be a pump like you've never seen. Kirk I can Cuff. do that. That's fine. Watch. I, can, I, I, I have a not quite the 40% roster ship that I have with Josh Allen, but I have a good amount of Kirk Cousins. So I could be completely on board with that. But like I was saying earlier, after you, I mean, even when you get into this tier with Cousins, Hurts, and Wentz, there are question marks. And then after that, oh, things get ugly. Yeah. You know, yeah, you might be, you, you can count on like a Tom Brady, like we talked about, for at least one more year. But what happens beyond that? And it's just that price to acquire that I talked about already that gets me a little bit concerned. That's that's another interest. That's another thing about Cousins that's massively underrated again, though, because he, like you said, question marks. There are question marks. Yeah, where does he play? But there are not question marks. Is Kirk Cousins an NFL starting quarterback? Oh no, absolutely. So when you put him in a tier, I'm not. I don't want to. I'm not sound like a dog. But you put him in a tier with Hurts and guys like that. To me, I would say, okay, Hurts could or could not pan out. We've already seen Cousins pan out, so he would get a slight edge for me um, there. But I, I, I agree. That's he's in that tier of guys because I mean he's probably he's not going to be the number one guy. He doesn't have the rushing floor. What's he get a hundred rushing yards on a good year? Um, but he can throw. He can air it out with the best of them. And and you know, again, I think there's a little bit of he's had some coaching woes in his career, unfortunately. But that's the breaks for some guys. So, all right, we already did the worst trade. Okay, here's something I was going to ask you. Um, do you see? Do you think we are going to see more leagues tweaking quarterback scoring um, as we move forward away from the more of the the norm? We've already seen people kind of push away from four point touchdowns because I mean, who wants to do that? Um, you know, and there was a lot of hubbubble this last year with the Scott Fishbowl because he made it. Um, he made it a little bit more interactive because it's not just a binary. There you go, a straightforward. Is that was that your division? Uh, no, but it just one of the. I, Every year I buy multiple Scott Fishbowl oh, shirts nice. and like they, I don't even know how they haven't disintegrated because I wear them so the often. Time. They're they 
comfortable. They're just hey, comfortable. good shirts last a long time. I've got yeah. shirts. I mean, I'm 30. I got a shirt or two that I've had since high school. <laughs> I mean, this. I mean, you get good quality shirts and you don't bust them up. They last a while. That's that Scott Fish. Hey, good quality stuff over there. Um, but do you think we're gonna see? You know, with this, people having you know pushing for more customization, more fun as people are getting in deeper leagues and things are changing as the game is evolving. Do you think quarterback scoring? It's kind of is one of the things that, you know, on the offensive side that is not like decisive, divisive, but it is something that I feel like is a little bit more experimental and people are kind of having fun with. I mean, just the concept of Superflex three years ago was kind of a foreign language, but here we are. I'm sitting with you, the Superflex guru himself. So what are your thoughts on this whole this whole this kind of movement for this, you know, making quarterback scoring more interesting? Yeah, you're certainly seeing it more and more. And at times, I think people are getting a little too cute with it. And for the most part, because I'm in so many leagues, I like pretty vanilla settings. You know, I I want pretty straightforward settings across the board because, again, because the number of of leagues I'm in, it makes it easier for me as a manager. I'm in one league and this doesn't really have anything to do with quarterback scoring, but there's like you can use a power one week during the season to get like a 50% boost to a player. And like, there's all this random stuff. And I don't even know if I used my power last year because I had so many leagues going on, but yeah, you know, that's a little extreme, but yeah, you're, you're starting to see like plus six for touchdowns, minus four for interceptions. Like, uh, you know, it, we saw that in the Scott fishbowl, you're seeing points per completion, negative points for incompletions. And, Things like that helps build a little bit more balance, I think, between the rushing quarterbacks and the pocket passers. Mm-hmm. And it kind of brings, I for Scott Fishbowl, I drafted Lamar Jackson with a top four pick, and I was not happy because of all, all the tinkering and the scoring tweaks. Mm-hmm. And it, it, I didn't make the playoffs. Surprise, surprise, because I took Lamar Jackson, the top four pick. But then another thing that people are doing, and I I think a lot of these scoring changes are taking place because people don't want to be in leagues where the quarterback 28 costs a top 15 wide receiver to acquire. And you see that. And there's even people, they're very hesitant and reluctant to take part in super flex leagues. Oh, listen, that makes quarterbacks too valuable. I don't, I don't like it. What, why should the quarterback 30 cost this when it's just, you know, it's crazy. But I I think that's a reason Jordan that we're seeing so many scoring changes because it helps neutralize that and balance it a little bit. And I I think, you know, I think people get bored also. I think people just want to get cute a little bit and, and find different things. And then, it gets to a point where just give me my boring settings sometimes. Yeah. I'm I'm a, I'm a fan of pretty vanilla settings too. But when I say that my big thing with quarterback scoring, and I'm going to get on a a smaller soapbox, but this is one I kind of got off of a couple of years ago. I think you should get just like rushing. You should get yard for yard. So if you throw a hundred yards, you should get 10 points. Um, And that, I mean, yeah, the score, all the quarterbacks score a lot, but that's the thing. All the quarterbacks score a lot. So it's just a one for one across the board. So your rushing doesn't give you a premium. 
just because you're a rushing quarterback, you can actually hurt you if you can't keep up throwing. Just like it hurts these other guys if they can't keep up rushing. I'm That's thinking. Kinda, I'm, I'm thinking about the total points these well, guys. Well, here's have. the thing. Holy. I had. A, I'm telling. Oh, I'll tell you. I had Deshaun Watson that year. He pushed up into. He got like you can get like 60 points if you get like four touchdowns and you know 450 you know passing yards and yeah. all this. But but I mean, if you do the again yard for yard, it's just like every other offensive position. So I think that's where it is for people is although we don't want to say it out loud that we kind of you know point what is it 0.4 whatever per 25 or whatever that is that's kind of the norm i think the reality is that that is not as palatable to people as we think it necessarily is even though that's kind of the standard default um so like i said i like the one thing that i found that kind of levels it up or levels the playing field is just the best quarterbacks are rewarded that way too like if you have the most yards and the most touchdowns then you are the best quarterback and you know you can definitely tweak the and that makes things like too if you did make minus four for interception in a league where your quarterback is only scoring 20 points minus four is what that's like 35 percent of your weekly score if your quarterback's actually scoring you know 45 50 points if he has two interceptions he still isn't tanking down to zero you know what i mean yeah i wow. and that's that that scoring would be wild it would it's, so it's a lot it's it sounds crazy but and it, everything scales up. It's like the exact same. It just all scales up and you get yard for yard across the board. Give it a try. If, if anybody's out there wants to, I mean, I, I'm, I haven't written anything about this. this is the first time I'm really saying it because I, because I know it's going to be hated on and everybody's like, that's insane. But trust well, me, I, if, you, I, if you play in a league I, like that, it's actually makes, it makes only makes sense. If you do it, let, let me get a tweet out here. Uh, listen to this crazy shit that Jordan's saying right now. Oh God. That's the last <laughs> thing I need more bad press. Oh man. You're killing me, John. Uh, all right. I had I think one more question. We've been on 55 minutes again. I appreciate your time. This has literally been a ball. So absolutely. Um, yeah. Um, this one is again, a, we're talking, you know, theory, just a general, you know, we're talking, this is all we got for the next five or six months, guys. So we're going to go, we're going to go deep into it here with this one. So Sam Darnold. Okay. This time last year, he was the big, get him. He's going to be so, he's going to be great. It was never a thing. Um, what are the odds Trevor Lawrence? Now, again, this is probably going to come off as hype crazy, but is hamstrung by the Jacksonville organization in a similar way that Sam Darnold has, seems to have been by the Jets? Assuming he's the 101 in Superflex level with me, are you? does that concern you to take the 101, knowing all the great things about him, knowing that he's literally going to the worst organization in the NFL? And it, the only other team that you could maybe say is worse than that is the Jets. And that's like objectively. Look at the where they've been three, four years ago. Look where they are now. Look at, I mean, everything. Bringing Urban Meyer, firing that guy who apparently, I mean, like there's the only good thing that seems to be happening to them is Trevor Lawrence. So is that actually a bad thing for Trevor Lawrence? For me, I'm going to say no. And there's a few reasons. One, Trevor Lawrence is a significantly better prospect than Sam Darnold coming out. You know, uh, I was even surprised that Sam Darnold went as early as he did in the actual NFL draft. When you look at his collegiate numbers, thank you, you know, but now let me say, Sam Darnold was one of my big buys last offseason. That panned out. So, you know, but for Trevor Lawrence in Jacksonville, I, I think their their skill set is different as well. I, again, Sam Darnold isn't a statue, but Trevor Lawrence can move a little bit better than him. So I think that helps behind a poor offensive line. But the big thing that shows me that I should not be worried and you should not be worried, Gardner Minshew 
at, at times was a top 12 quarterback. And that was Gardner Minshew. What? Fair. Six round draft pick. I, I, I think they're going to put the weapons around Trevor Lawrence that are necessary. You have DJ shark. They're talking about spending money in free agency with all these really strong rookie or rookie free agent wide receivers. You have James Robinson, who I absolutely love. I could see them targeting a tight end, uh, whether it's in the NFL draft or I keep saying Hunter Henry, he, he's a free agent. I could see him landing there, but then also that defense is horrific. They're going to have to, to throw the ball. They're going to have to keep up with these teams. And I just think Trevor Lawrence is such an incredible prospect. And again, I understand your comparison with him and Sam Darnold, but the, for me, they're just two completely different players and I'm not going to get cute with it. Trevor Lawrence is my one Oh one. He's, he should be the first pick in the NFL draft. And uh, who was it? Chris Sims. Well, I'll write him a strongly worded letter. It, Trevor Lawrence all the way. Yeah, that's I mean, I, I definitely agree. And I mean, you know, that's the I always call it the academically sound answer. Um, and it is. But again, it's just to me, it's interesting. It's the the, the organization is just so bad. Um, and again, for fantasy, like we've seen Deshaun Watson be successful in a bad organization. We've seen guys push through that. But again, you know, it's, as I get older, I mean, I'm, I still view myself as a kid sometimes. But I mean, I'm, you know, these are actual kids. Like some of these guys have never, you know, gone to the bar and got a beer, you know, like. So to put a, a someone like that into a, a leadership role on a team in an organization that is in disarray and you you mentioned you know that defense is terrible that's the same defense that got them to the afc well that's the same team three years ago went to the afc championship but then look it's falling apart though i was gonna say you're the idp guy no that's what i'm saying so when you say free agents coming in and all that do people look at the jags and say i don't want any part of that you know is there is there is there a a little bit of you know because it's one of those organizations is it one you know is it not a a hotbed where people want to go it's not like tampa bay everyone wants to go to tampa bay you know everybody wants to go to the chiefs do people really want to go just because is trevor lawrence going to be that big of a a culture shift uh you know organizational shift or is there my concern is just is it going to be a mess are we going to be looking at trevor lawrence going somewhere you know in three or four years similar to sean watson like, is this organization capable of taking someone like Trevor Lawrence and turning him into what he could be? Um, I, I, I don't know the answer to that last part, but I do think there are players that would be very interested in playing with Trevor Lawrence. I think there's players that out there that respect Urban Meyer, the coach, and yeah. because of that, they're willing to come on board and be that number one pass-catching option. Again, with DJ Shark maybe being that 1B that, yeah really could put Trevor Lawrence in a great situation. But I will say, whenever the Jets were slated to get that first overall pick, Trevor Lawrence was still my 101. But and for me personally, I have Justin Fields as my quarterback too. I know a lot of people that Zach Wilson, he's there. But for me, it's it's Justin Fields. So let's say Justin Fields was going to Jacksonville and Trevor Lawrence was going to the Jets. I had them a little bit closer together because the way you're questioning the Jaguars for mm-hmm. me, it's the jets and it's just, it's, it's just so easy uh, to, to look at it like that for me when we've seen so much, and I'm going to steal a word from one of my co-hosts on dynasty theory, Dan Lamagna, so much dysfunction in New York. And hopefully that disappears with Adam Gase gone. So we'll, we'll see how it goes, but yeah, for me, Trevor Lawrence, still my 
yeah my number one pick here but the concerns are valid i mean somebody what do you think his ceiling is as a rookie like let's just assume man are we going to get justin herbert type numbers out of him or are we going to get closer to burrow type numbers out of him or are we going to maybe even get closer to i don't know who's a good rookie two years ago that came in oh i don't even remember i don't even know what year it is i know right (laughs) this covid in court i'm not kidding jordan there have been conversations I've had with like my wife and I'm like, Oh, like yesterday we talked about this. She's like, that was three weeks ago. Like, what are you talking about? Um, I, I, uh, quarterback 12. I, I think that's really, that's realistic. realistic. It's reasonable. And a lot of that just comes down to what I think he's going to have to do. I, I don't think he's going to be a top four, top five, six quarterback in year one. Yeah. But for dynasty purposes, I, I I do think he can grow into that. I'm probably not giving James Robinson the credit he deserves here either, because you know a solid run game like that, <clears throat> I mean, he really can prop up uh, oh, a rookie quarterback. And it, to give a guy like Lawrence, you know, he, like you said, he's going to make it work. Uh, you know, I, you know, I'm just I thought it was an interesting thing to talk about, just because of. You know, it's always interesting to me when these terrible organizations keep getting these high picks. People are like, oh, the Jets. I'm like, the Jets have a high pick every year. Like, it doesn't mean anything. And look like, at some of the, and, and that is a fantastic point. Look at some of these teams that have, it's still first round draft capital, but the Ravens had a solid team, a solid foundation. They got Lamar Jackson end of the first round. The Chiefs, solid team. Solid foundation. They made Alex Smith look like a god his final season there in Kansas City. They moved up to get Patrick Mahomes. Still what he's been doing. Mm-hmm. And they, I'm not saying Mahomes wouldn't be doing these things <clears throat> elsewhere. Or Lamar Jackson wouldn't be doing it elsewhere. But when you're surrounded by these, these stable organizations, it certainly does help as opposed to, and honestly, I love Josh Allen. But I was very concerned when the Bills took him. I kept saying, I hope they let him sit. Let they him sit. Have, they didn't have a general manager for a while there for a second, right? Like they were, I remember whenever the Bills were kind of in this complete limbo, like yep. was it three or four years ago? And it was just like, I mean, like you, I mean, you remember, like you said, you're bringing it up, but it was just like, and now they're this, they're a rock solid organization. Shout out to, you know, McDermott or what's his name? Uh, McDermott. Bean. And then the general manager, he's been, you know, McDermott, the coach and being the general manager, they have just done tremendous things. But yeah, I was in the same, the same way we're talking about Trevor Lawrence. And just to clarify, I'm not saying Josh Allen and Trevor Lawrence are the same player, but I, you know, I was like, please let him sit. Don't let him get thrown to the wolves. That offensive line's terrible. I don't want his career to be ruined before it even gets started. Luckily, three years later, we're doing okay as Josh Allen truthers. But that concern is always there for these young quarterbacks that get thrown into these bad situations. Is it going to be a Josh Rosen situation? Oh, you know, I, I, that's one. Forgot that just, about him. <laughs> yeah, it's easy to forget about him. It just complete. I don't know if we saw in recent years, if we've seen a first round. Well, Dwayne Haskins, too, I guess. Yeah. I was going to say a first rounder have the, the plug the pulled so nothing. quickly. Yeah. Josh Rosen one year Haskins, you know, it was so obvious that ha- it was so obvious that Rosen didn't ever have it. Um, yeah, Haskins, I mean, one in every five or six dropbacks, he looked like he might have had it, but I mean, that's not going to get it done. The NFL. Right, right. But anyway, we could talk about this all night, but yeah, that concern is certainly yeah. it's there in the back that's of why, mind. 
And you know, it's interesting. We mentioned all of our, you know, a lot of the top end guys that you look for are usually in stable environments. So it does make a difference. Uh, it, you know, at least in perceived value, it does definitely, to me, it just, it's just a little something that I, I think about, but I love, I like the Jags. They're an organization that even though they like suck, like, because I'm an IDP person, like I, all their defenders from that year were, I'm just big fans of, I still like a lot of guys there. Joe Schobert. He's one of my favorite, he's a linebacker. He's one of my favorite linebackers in the league. He doesn't get anywhere near the props he deserves. Um, Yannick Ngakwe was trapped there for a while. He's yep. free finally, so he's with Baltimore now. Um, I love him. I love his his attitude. I love the way he plays football. Um, and he's just that organization was just not good to him. So I was just happy to see him get away from there. But hopefully, you know, new new crop people, new new culture, all that good stuff will happen. Gardner Minshew, when you get to sit under, you know, the tutelage of Gardner Minshew, only good things can happen for my man Lawrence. So <laughs> what's I, up I, with I, Minshew? I, I, I love like Gardner. I think he has a great attitude. He knows what he is. He knows he, what he is. He knows who he is. And there are so few people that know that at his age and as a human being, he's just like, I'm riding the wave and like, I'm going to ride this wave the right way. And it's just like, I love it. I just love it. He reminds me, he could be the next Ryan Fitzpatrick. What if he's the next, he would, he could do that. I'm so here for this. He, he has a great <laughs> attitude. And just like you brought up and compared him to Ryan Fitzpatrick, Fitz, everywhere Fitzpatrick goes, he's like, I know I'm just a gap stop. I, I, yeah. I know what's going on here. And that's fine. Let's go have uh, fun. Yeah. Minshew, just a you know, fun guy. Great attitude. Yeah. I, he's, he's going to be one of the, I think sought after backups. Oh you know, yeah. Throughout his career. I, his I just branding, think, his branding is incredible. Like right. imagine if like, like look at what happened to Nick Foles with the Eagles. Like imagine if Gardner Minshew went on a run like that. Right. right. I mean, pfft, to the moon, like Doge to the moon, like Gardner would. I mean, he'd probably just go straight to Hollywood. He'd be like, get me out of here. <laughs> yeah. All right. Well, John, we've been off for a little over an hour. That's pretty much everything I had, you know, kind of covering quarterbacks. My general questions. We have all offseason, ladies and gentlemen, to talk about this. Like I said the other day on my Twitter, you know, I'm going to be focusing. You know, I still IDP Army. This is what we're going to do. IDP, mostly IDP, all fantasy football all day. But I do want to, you know, I play you know, full fantasy football. Like everybody that plays IDP, we all play offensive fantasy football too. And that's still that's something I'm passionate about as well. And I do have opinions and I'm, I'm very interested to sit and learn and have discussions with other people. So I'm, I'm really stoked that John was able to come on with me. I really appreciated that. Um, and I hope that you all found some value in this conversation. I hope you found some nugget or thought about a player in a different way, maybe that's going to help you go make a move that's going to help you win your league you know dynasty fantasy football that championship is forever you know you do crazy things just to go get that one win to get that championship it's always gonna be worth it if you can pull it off so john anything you want to plug link us up i mean you got all kinds of crazy stuff going on tell everybody where to find you how to support you all that good stuff let them know yeah, Jordan, this was an absolute blast. Thanks for having me. Th again, thank goodness we didn't have to talk about IDP. And I only say that because, again, it's a foreign language to me. So we're going to have to work something out where you come over to Fantasy Football Confidential or Dynasty Theory and preach the good word about IDP. I can I, do it. I, I, I have league mates. I have, I have friends that I'm talking to daily, and they're like, JB, you got to get in a, a IDP league. And when, I'm, when it's time to do that, I'm going to be calling Jordan up to say, who are these guys? Is that a punter? I don't even know who that is. Oh, um, you will, you would love it. You would thrive in IDP, my guy. You would thrive. <laughs> I hope so. I hope so. But yeah, find me on Twitter at the Bauer Club, uh, Dynasty Theory every Tuesday night, nine PM Eastern Standard Time. Fantasy Football Confidential throughout the off season every other Wednesday, and then I, I want to plug my co-host really quick, Mitch Sorensen and Dan Lamagna. 
on Dynasty Theory. And then Fantasy Football Confidential is Mitch is stuck with me two nights a week. Mitch Sorensen and then Troy King and Linda G. We have an absolute blast. A lot of good information. Um, you know, they're great co-hosts, but better people. And you, you can find us always active on Twitter. So uh, if you're not Thanks, following sir. us, give us a follow. Yep. IDP Army. You, you, you heard it here. Follow this man. He knows what's up. All right. Thanks for tuning in, guys, gals. Appreciate you. Make sure you check out the website, idparmy.com. There's not a lot on there, but it's going to have more stuff. All off season. we're going to be building that out. Be sure to go sign up for the Patreon, the Black Ops tier. That's how you're going to get access to the IDP Army Blackwater files. That's where you're going to find all my tiered assets for Dynasty and for IDP Fantasy Football. Like I said, exclusive videos. You're going to find tags. You're going to find buy, sell, all that stuff. That is going to be launching April 1st, so make sure you are in on that. Shout out to the IDP Army crew, Steve, Caleb, John, Billy, Bauer, Rui, Phil, Bob, Zach, everybody behind the scenes. The IDP Army is growing. IDP Army, I love you. John, appreciate you coming on one more time. And that's all for me, IDP Army. Till next time. Let the rain hit the sand. Build a house on a rock, got a plan. Gotta get stocks, keep them bands. Hear the clock tick, blades on a fan. Used to be mundane on a Monday. Now you have fun day on a Sunday. Cause you switching it up and you living it up. You ain't getting it enough.